0: We're not laughing with Devin Bush. We're laughing at (laughs) Devin Bush. It's what we do. Uh, What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon over there in Hendersonville, Tennessee. (laughs) 11 years starting guard in the National Football League for only one team. Always a cool thing to add on when you're giving a career description for one team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Dan Kovachovic of DK
1: Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown Pittsburgh. And, Moan, what's going on? Not much, man. I get on my. uh By the way, I think I'm I'm close to getting my old Twitter back. Uh, I'm waiting for them to reply I back heard, to me, yeah. whatever that means. But on my new burner that I have, that I've told everybody about, so it's not a burner anymore. I click on the app, man, and I, I was just like, okay, whether it's true or not, I just need to figure out what's going on. Devin Bush was trending on my algorithm.
0: Why?
1: Yeah, he was trending on my algorithm, man. And I don't want to make this a pile on him moment or nothing like that. But the comment that he had out there was he will be juiced up this week. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, OK, Dev.
0: Yeah. And- Devin,
1: um, what one thing about the game, the game gives you what you give it back, right? What you pour into it. And I ain't saying that Devin Bush didn't work hard or anything like that, and Pittsburgh will not say that because I wasn't with him in the offseason and stuff, but to say that you're juiced up to play your old team, one, everybody knows that, and all you do when you say that out loud is you do give a little bit of bulletin board material to the guys, especially a lot of those guys in that room, that building, that knows you too. Let me tell you something. The Steelers have now had, or they
0: will have, fielded seven, seven inside linebackers this season, okay? And when I say inside linebackers, I'm not talking about guys who just went out there for a snap or two. I'm talking about guys who got regular usage. Out of those seven, I would take exactly seven (laughs) over Devin Bush. (laughs) And in most of those cases, it's not even close. (laughs) When you're talking about guys who came in and showed the character, in particular, that Quan Alexander did, that Cole Holcomb did, that Elandon Roberts continues to do, today insisting, even through a torn peck, that he hasn't been ruled out for week 18 in Baltimore. Crazy. Okay? Mark Robinson's getting on the field. You got people coming off the couch right now. Miles Jack is in off the couch.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: and you're talking, and, and and you haven't done anything for your new employer either?
1: Yeah. It, it, it was fascinating. Of course, it was Pete Curl that also said it, that, you know, he's sure he's going to be emotional and juiced up. And, you know, Devin said, and of course, the- only if they beat us will he take it. You know, ask if there will be hard feelings and whatnot behind it. By the way, he's not the only one that's a, a former player playing against Pittsburgh. Mike Hilton, we just went through that situation, right? But I'll listen to Mike Hilton say it. <laughs> Mike Hilton's a football player. <laughs> because because it, it happens all the time. Agency happens. Devin career just didn't go the way he needed it to in the, the first parts of his career. The ACL tear did not help him either. No, but the things no, it that but the things that you needed him to do well, DK. He never got back to that moment. And whether that was the injury itself slowing him down, because I've seen guys need about a year and a half to get back from ACLs and stuff. But he did have that amount of time in Pittsburgh and then net nothing. So I just laugh at it because it's always funny playing your former team. It's always funny putting bulletin board material out there like that. But again, you don't really have to say much because you're going to see them. And the issue that I have with what Devin said, though, is too, is. He's gotta be out there. I'm I don't think he's starting for this team. If if I'm not mistaken, he may have just maybe 10 tackles on the season.
0: The season.
1: You know what That's I'm saying? That's
0: what Landon Roberts has in a
1: half. So that that right there is well, actually, DK, sorry. He's doesn't have seven. He got eight. <laughs> It is
0: Steelers versus Seahawks this weekend. That is a 4 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. Uh, Obviously be 1 o'clock out there. And there's the 12th man factor that's going to come in. That's going to be a way bigger factor than anything that's related to Devin Bush. It came up with Mason Rudolph this week, and he said, listen, I've played in stadiums I've played in road stadiums I've played in West Coast stadiums moan you were out there with yeah. them that was in Santa Clara the 49ers uh, that was a hostile atmosphere there were not that many Steelers fans there um, that was you know once you've been tested in that regard does that fade I mean once you know once you've gotten used to that road stadium thing you know is that kind of like riding a bike?
1: Uh yeah, it is, but it also depends upon the operation of the group up front, too. If if Mason Cole is good with his snap and Mason Rudolph is good with this cadence, then he's fine. That to me is the only hiccup when it comes down to noise. The defense don't you don't ever have to worry about them with cadence unless a quarterback's got a hard say huh? Ha! One of those, right? Unless he's got one a hard one of those cadences. Uh, but as it pertains to the offense handling it. One, if you get ahead and control the crowd noise, not long third uh, downs, okay, that's what cranks the crowd up. Seattle's going to naturally be loud anyway, because here's the thing. One, they built that stadium to be loud. They literally built that stadium to bounce energy right back into it, man, and notice.
0: On the sides, for anybody who who can't picture it or hasn't seen it, the side's curl downward so that so that all of this the noise is contained on the sides now the thing that makes the most striking image on tv is that triangular yeah op, open end that, that faces uphill toward downtown that's not what we're talking about no. okay <laughs> no. we're talking about the entire rest of the place uh, they they knew what they were doing there and they also really pumped it up but one of their banners the retired number banners is
1: 12 12. Yeah. For, for the, the 12th crowd. 12th, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I got to admit, though, DK, just to give a little bit of background on it, playing there, I was amazed to play there. You know how it is. The overcast is a lot like Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's cool. The city is just by itself. Like, you're at the top northwest of the United States. So, the mm-hmm. trip out there, you got to think about it the entire time, flying over the Rockies and stuff like that. But being inside of that stadium, even the pregame music is toxic. Is loud, it's blasting, it's blaring. All of those adjectives that you want to use, the moments that you get in long third downs, the moments that you uh, let their defense make a big play, that's when it's hell to pay, DK.
0: Yeah, that's – that's uh, there, I have a lot of good things that I can say about Lumen Field, good, where the right. Seahawks play, and the general complex, because right next door to them is where the Mariners play at T-Mobile Park. They're both beautiful, state-of-the-art facilities – they're a little bit too far outside of downtown for my liking. They're they're kind of down the hill and away from the, the crowd, but I guess that works for some people. I will say this the press box at Lumen Field yeah. has its own Starbucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Why? Why would I make that up?
1: I I know. I just gotta make sure that you're fully telling the truth, DK. It's incredible. It's incredible
0: to have that to have that kind of access right there behind you while you're working.
1: You just can't beat that. Is it free? Wow, that's a part. I hate you. I hate you. That is such a flex right there, DK. You don't usually do this type of stuff.
0: (laughs) No, I don't because I have to rub it in because you're working at the Titans place, which is only the worst (laughs) in all sports. Except they actually, them and the Washington Commanders. Are are like pretty much tied in this regard for how they I handle t-
1: you know who had food. a great press box meal, man? Hmm. The Browns.
0: They've upped their game in the last couple of years. Shocked I will give them me. that much. It used to not be good.
1: They had okay. an omelet bar. I was like, whoa, wait a yes. minute. Yeah, it, that was a major flex. I heard, I heard the Cowboys is pretty sweet, too, but I hadn't been there either. Cowboys, but they all stand
0: in line way behind the Indianapolis Colts. The yeah. Colts are the absolute kings of the universe when it comes to this sort of stuff. How on earth are we talking about
1: this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We got off. But uh, I'll say this one of the funniest stories I had, Mark Cunningham. Welcome, welcome, man. Also, happy holidays to you. Was uh, Ben trying to give an audible to D'Angelo Williams. And D-Will, it was so loud in there because I think we might have been a second and long, third and long. Ben had to point to D-Will and actually draw up the route for him in the air. He had D-Will in a quick slant because I think he saw they were running. I mean, they were blitzing us. He told D-Will, hey, you, here. And he pointed in like, hey, you, quick, in. By far one of the craziest things I've ever seen seven do. I'm looking back because I'm the one that's got to do the tap before we snap the ball, Right. And it was very fascinating that I'm watching him give D-Will an audible on which route to run, and he actually threw it right to D-Will. Coolest thing. One of the coolest things I've ever seen.
0: That is pretty neat. That's pretty Um, cool. Mark Lancaster says, My, how the standard has diminished when Steelers fans have to get a late subscription to Sunday Ticket and become AFC South washers, praying (laughs) to get in. Do people still, like, subscribe to these – these channels and these sunday tickets and so forth as opposed to just getting all these random pirate feeds that are available to you
1: no i did the pirate feeds apparently will throw all kind of viruses at your computer and i got rid of the cable box too and i went to youtube tv yeah you told me you were gonna do that listen i know we're using YouTube right now love it because you know what it does? It takes away from the, the unnecessary stuff that's on television that you have to use, that you, that's just on their random cable channels that you don't watch. Also, this, the price, way down, way down, DK. And I think you get up to like six different people that can be on your account also, and you get Sunday ticket with each one of them. And it's, I could brag on and on about this, but I feel like YouTube owe us something if I continue to brag like this, DK. Hmm.
0: Pittsburgh fan 412 says the 12th man is borrowed from Texas A&M. It being a Seattle thing is as fake as their mascot. Is it as fake as Penn State calling what they do a whiteout when they stole that from the Winnipeg Jets?
1: Oh, talk your and, stuff, DK. And
0: never credit it, never credit it once. The whiteout is the Winnipeg whiteout. Such is named such because you know, snow and stuff, meaning it sucks. doesn't even make any sense really in Pennsylvania, where it hardly snows anymore.
1: Ah, that's tough, right there. Shout out to Rob, man, by the way, his only day off, man. And he wanted to spend it with his hat and his air quotation marks foster family, man. We love you for that, dude. I'll just let you know that.
0: You know what we're going to do here? We're going to take a him. break, and we're going to come back and let, let everybody else take over the show. How about that? I'm cool with that, DK. I've seen some stuff come through. For the only segment that matters, DK. That is the only segment that matters, and that would be in a that, real role reversal here. That's hey That's hey <laughs> Every once in a while, they give us these new toys that we can play with on this on this device. This one says that we can do bubbles dark in the background. It what? Says we can. Have, I don't know. That's what it says. Please
1: do it. Please do it. I'm Dick. trying. I, mean, I pressed
0: yeah. it, and it's not doing a thing. Well, I want. Oh, backgrounds aren't visible
1: in a solo layout. Oh, uh, okay. I got one I for you. Go Ahead. I think I put that one up earlier.
0: Look at that. Like, how'd you do that?
1: A brick wall, man. You it's also cutting holes into the sides of your head. Yes, man. Let me get this up off of here, DK. We're, we're, we are going to do some real football stuff here in a minute. <laughs> I, I can be like the uh, the politician that be on TV. The one that has right? the blurred stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> right. I like that. I don't know
1: which one it is, but the blurred thing is so weird to me, though, man. God, look that's wild style. Frank Mancuso has
0: a question for you. He says, hey, Moan, before getting to the National Football League, what would
1: you have been? Man, that is a great question. I tell everybody this. Um, I don't know what I've done, what I would have done. And not meaning that I wouldn't have had a life plan, but my initial plan was the NFL. The first time I said I wanted to go to the NFL was like when I was 10 years old. I do remember that. I was playing Touch football in the back of my grandmama's yard, man. And um, I made that statement out loud. Uh I got a sociology degree. I'd have probably been in sales, maybe something in football. Those guys you see going from like team to team that sell like those GPS devices that team use. I I would have hoped I'd have been in something sports, DK. But to give you a real answer, I don't know. Because that's why I always tell people also. If you can afford to delay adulthood, delay it. Go to school, find (laughs) a trade before you got to delay, like really live life because I had no solid plan. Again, football was my job in college, although I didn't get paid for it. I had no work experience. I had no resume and I was done with school as an undrafted free agent. And then I made the team. I don't know, but I'd have found something though.
0: Rainer asks, hey Mon and DK, are you guys making any New
1: Year's resolutions, even Steelers related? Uh, how about you? Mine, yeah. Learning to say no a whole lot more this year. And taking time get, for get, get out of
0: here, Just so log off. So serious, have no man. chance. I, you know You're that- way too nice. <laughs> He's got the truck that everybody wants to borrow in the neighborhood. And guess what? Not only does he Lend it to them, but he'll drive it over to their place because he's such a nice guy.
1: And that's why I gotta bring it back, DK. I do, man. I, I, I tell people this because I want them to be better than me. Say, tell, learn to tell people no, because I gotta learn to tell people no too. So in twenty twenty four, uh, I see you, Ben Cohen. Say it now, Mo. No, yes, I have to, and also this this workers mentality that I have all the time. I can't shake it. Like right now, I should probably take time off from my day job, but the, the my mindset is just keep going. So that's what that's what's making me make that a um, a, a New Year's resolution. What about you, DK?
0: You know, I, I went to cover the Penguins practice today, and anytime I'm around hockey and I see it, I I just want to play For and real. like I, and I, it's there's not a day that goes by that I don't, that I don't miss playing except for a part where, you know, you get slashed and hacked and whacked and cross-checked in the lower back <laughs> and everything else. And, and you feel it and it hurts. Uh, it hurts you in more ways than one, because now you actually have to make a living. You have to work, you know, and yeah. you can't be walking around press boxes like, ah, okay. But not a day goes by that I miss. I tell myself every year, I'm just going to get up, like at seven in the morning and just go to the yeah. you know go to the rink and shoot around and whatever else and yeah it, it never happens you know <laughs> dr shadow wants to know if you were good at other sports
1: yeah i was pretty good at other sports basketball was my first love i didn't want to play football like that i thought i was going to college for basketball until i went to a memphis aau tournament and i saw guys my height handling the ball like a point guard and dunking flawlessly and i say you know what I'm going to go stick with this football thing. It's, it's There's not always many, football. <laughs> it's not many six, six football players out there, you know, and I benefited from that. Knowing yourself is a huge advantage in life, but basketball easily. I hated track, even though I did it in high school too.
0: Victor says, Hey, Moan, would you be surprised if Cam Hayward retires at the end of this year?
1: Yes, I would. I think he's got more. I don't see him um, slowing down, but I hadn't had those intimate conversations with Cam to actually know where he's at. I I guess you would probably say to yourself, well, Mo, you just retired. I did, but I was also talking to Big Al Pounce, uh, my wife and kids about, man, do I really want to go back again? And luckily for me, I retired when I did because the pandemic hit. I don't know if I want to deal with that. Nova wants to know if you've been in touch with Mason. It's been a pretty busy week for Mason, but you did I did. I I congratulated him. It was him and um somebody else's. Um, uh, it was Nova that said it, and somebody else had another comment too. DK, give me one second. Uh, this right here. So Nova said this, and also Marvin. What up, Marvin Senior? Senior was Marvin's going on? in the house, new Marvin. avatar and everything. Yeah, I know. Uh, where's the Rottweiler? Um, uh, but Marvin is also asking the same questions you are, Nova. If you could say anything to Mason, what would you tell him because he needs it? Uh, just Right now, I guess is what he's saying. Um, Yes, I text him. He texts me back. Man, I'm proud of you. Good game and all those types of things. He hit me back. Man, love you, brother. Uh, Something like it was exciting. What I would tell him right now, nothing. If I was inside the locker room, I'd have some stuff to say, hey, dog, we got your back. Just roll with us. You do what you're supposed to do. I got you. An outsider telling Mason that I think add more pressure to what he's already got going on. It's Mason. so much Mason Rudolph would never see you as an outsider. Not I, in a I know. million
0: years. Okay.
1: <laughs> but, but of, but of course I, when people have these types of moments, I want to send them a quick message and get out the way because there's so much going on right now. If I'm telling him, dog, just get paid or "Dude, this is your time. No, he just needs to be Mason and ball out again. And he has been around long enough. DK that he knows what's at stake, right? He absolutely knows what at stake. So, it ain't much I can tell them uh, being outside the locker room. I'm not an outsider being outside of the locker room. If I was in that locker room, I'd be happy as hell for him and tell dog, we got you and just do your thing. It ain't much you can tell guys at that point when they know their back, their back is up against the wall.
0: Evor says, Hey, Moan, can I borrow your truck to move my star Wars action figures? Now here's the deal. If you show up, Saying that you've got Star Wars action figures, chances are you actually have enough of them to warrant needing
1: Moan's truck, which is a very large truck, very it big is. bed. Very much so. You you know what? If they have that many, also DK, there's probably some collectibles in there that they can also sell to buy their own truck. So Evor, Oh no, 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 don't do that. Yeah, no, Ivor, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only
0: thing Evor is worried about here is if his action figures will have, for example, not that I have action figures or whatever, but if you have like action figures and then they have certain accessories like batteries and rings and stuff like that, that they get lost, you know, in yeah. moves. Yeah, so do. little little plastic lightsabers, uh, the little jacket that Chewbacca wore.
1: Not that I had all of these. Right, right. Of course you don't, DK, because I just saw one of them right now.
0: I have all my GL stuff. I got tons and tons of it here.
1: Got a Green Lantern? Sorry, yeah, Green Lantern. Wow, man, that's big time. That's big time. My neighbor's sons just got into um, trading cards. By the way, that's big. That's all. I don't think that's ever going away. Sports, sports, football primarily. How do you substitute it?
0: That's the thing. Is like, there's always an answer for something else, like including the world of comic books. Uh, I still buy the physical copies. I still go to the comic store and get them. Yeah, but there's a ton of more of them that are now selling through uh, Amazon, Kindle, Comixology, and so forth. Uh, it's but with the trading cards, what do you do? Yeah, that's what are you so What are you handing somebody to sign for you in Latrobe if it's an e thing? What are you going to do?
1: Hand them an iPad to say, I, "Use your finger." Exactly. You remember those NFTs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. I had people offering me NFTs and everything whenever they skyrocketed like that. And I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand how a non-fungible token can actually be valuable when I can't touch it. You just created this on your computer. I know a lot of people are gonna say, well, that's your American dollar now. Yeah, but that's backed by something, even if it's not fully backed. Donald wants to know if you'd ever think of coaching. No, we'll not. Only coaching I'll do, I'll have a select group of kids that I train. My son will be one. My neighbor's kid will be one, a few others. Um, Because (laughs) coaching is such a headache because as much as I will talk to them, yell at them, fuss at them, probably curse them out, DK, Mm -hmm. some of them just ain't going to get it. And I feel like that would be a waste of time. I'm much better guiding guys that want to be guided as opposed to trying to get a knucklehead to listen to me when he's probably just going to jump in the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: that's just me. Now, if I believe in a kid that they got something, I will definitely help out and train. But me coaching? Nah, I got to help raise my boys, too.
0: Chris asked a question. I'm jumping all over this. Go ahead. I like Patrick Peterson playing only safety from here on out, maybe some nickel. He and I actually happened to have a conversation about that uh, just this week. And. He told me, first thing he did was he expressed some pride in his ability to play both positions this season at his age. (laughs) Uh, He had very minimal, very minimal exposure to safety, even back in training camp and in the preseason. He did it just enough so that they could cross it off and say that he 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 tried it at one point. Well, here we are in a world of no safeties, (laughs) okay, yeah. There's there's just none left, and you're bringing in people off the street to take Minka Fitzpatrick's place. I don't think you can pile up enough praise for how much Peterson has meant to this entire operation, independent mm-hmm. of his age, his ability to be the glue that was needed in this situation or the glue in that situation, even though he was never a bench guy. Wow. Versatility was never required of me. This is a guy who I've said this before is on a path to Canton. And yet you're asking him to do these different things and he's done them all
1: and he's done them all well. Yeah, he has. And and Matt Hyde brings up a really good point right here too. speaking of Pat P. Hey, Mo, do you think our makeshift defense turned into another good performance or after seeing the tape it find this weakness? You just never know. The, the way those guys are playing, those dudes have nothing to lose right now. Majority of us don't know all of their names. So most of the NFL don't know all of their tendencies. If they do what Coach Tomlin, Coach Terrell Austin, I always got to say Coach Terrell Austin first before Coach T because it's his defense. Coach Austin does, then they got to go deliver on that. They can't have those tendencies show up this often when it comes down to what Seattle has on tape of them. They got to go play the game. Um, I will say this. I saw, of course, we spoke about Devin Bush earlier, giving some bulletin board material. Well, guess what? Joy Porter Jr. did the exact same thing too. You know what I'm saying? And if you got guys who are young, don't care, ain't got much to lose playing for you. And I know you're saying, well, joy has got a lot to lose. He does, but he's still young and don't know no better. Go for it. I What do you want to call it? Uh, a, a Makeshift defense or whatever you want to call it. It's getting the job done but it also starts with those two demons you got on the front end of that. Okay, three of them if you throw Cam in there. TJ and Alex and Cam, like legitimately. That's a headache for a lot of different teams in the NFL. William
0: McDuffie takes some issue with my characterization of the Chewbacca figures having had a jacket. It might not have been Chewie. It might have been Han Solo. That might be what I'm thinking of. It was like this little plastic jacket. Mm. Chewie was equipped with that big rifle with those bullets and everything remember <laughs> yeah i do i do i do did, did yeah. you did, and you, are you one of those people that that's a believer that chewie should have gotten a medal from princess leia by the way you know he got left out of the medal ceremony
1: did it, well dk i'll be honest which i'm not a deep dive into star wars like that so you got to forgive me for not knowing that wow
0: that means demand only thinks of me as a cool nerd
1: i mean i i've kind of told you that anyway <laughs> I told you, you like nerd. It a, it's not a bad, you know, it's not a bad slogan, right? There, DK.
0: Oh man, Victor says I can see Najee Harris's fifth year option being picked up, but I also could see them declining it. Uh, it it's going to get picked up. You think so? This coach loves him.
1: Loves. He, he, oh, okay. Let's let's pause for a second. Yep. We're not saying I would do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. DK, you just blew my mind. Not that this is a bad thing, but production hasn't answered the call. Like if you ask me, I think he's at the same level of play as Bud. I I mean, Bud got his picked up though, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Bud got his picked up. He, He has the same level of play as Jarvis, just good enough. Like the the Pro Bowl that he made, how far did they have to go down the line to get him in?
0: If Mike Tomlin is still the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is how I feel. He sees Harris as being beyond vital to everything that they do, including defensively. He sees Harris as essential to their identity as a football team in a way that he doesn't see that in Jalen Warren. And I don't know if that's personal. I don't know if that's just because they did what they did in getting him in the first round when nobody else takes running backs in the first round or whatever else. But I I just do not see this head coach parting with that player. I really I, don't.
1: I see Joel Schmidt says it. He said, current value of the running back says to decline. It. If you think high of them too, it also says give it so that you don't overpay for it either. So it's working both ways. Team camaraderie, the glue guy offensively, whether, like you said, his leadership, DK, is more valuable than his actual production this year, I, I give it, but I honestly didn't expect it to be picked up. I didn't. Just on the basis of this team is going through a lot to DK and going into next year. um, They'll have the money for it. Four one
0: two thanks me for directing everybody to Prince's guitar solo on the while my gently, while my guitar gently weeps uh, assembly after George Harrison passed. If you haven't seen it, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's only one Prince. There will always only ever be one Prince. Uh, for him to be able to walk onto that stage and to improvise like that and to bring the house down for something that was not even really. His moment it's just yeah it's like prince wasn't necessarily known for his guitar work he should have been Mm -hmm. okay but prince could do everything that's what made him so ridiculously great he could do everything oh guitar you want a guitar solo here comes the best guitar solo you will ever bleeping hear yeah (laughs) that's
1: crazy i've heard it uh insane yeah
0: yeah there's 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 nothing like it here uh leverage wants to
1: know hey moan how do we beat these seabirds uh control the run game seriously with them I, i thought the titans played them fairly well um when it came down to the run game derrick henry had a good game and truthfully derrick henry and Najee harris run a lot alike too they both need space uh although Najee, i think runs a little bit harder than derrick as of late the secondary, I think, is good enough, but here's the issue that you're going to run into. Uh, and I also thought the Titans did a f- fair job stopping the run early on. What happened was Geno Smith realized, "Oh, I got three, I got three monsters on the outside: Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jiggle. Like those, no, Those three guys right there is what brought them back to win that game. There's no other way around it. Joy Porter Jr. has to be tight." If Pat Peterson's going to be the blanket on the backside, fine. I've seen a lot of people also, DK, asking the question about Minka. Uh, So if you can put a blanket on those three dudes, specifically DK around the tight red zone, I don't think you understand what Geno looks for in the tight red zone. It is number one, four. Yeah. And he goes to him adamantly. He doesn't overthink it. No, he doesn't overthink it, DK. I
0: remember a time when Pete Carroll and the Seahawks did overthink it.
1: Oh, my God. They're still. <laughs> they should for all eternity. <laughs> what a boneheaded mistake. And I'm glad Marshawn speaks so candidly about it, too. I'm so glad he does. Have you seen, there was some recent footage that came
0: up of the referees who were on the field as that as that play happened. The referees were mic'd. And the one ref says to, and
1: yeah, you see the very popular (laughs) referee too. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. 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 And he, he says to the other ref, why didn't they just give it to Lynch? (laughs) And the dude was like, huh? Yeah. They were one of the most candid conversations ever about even they know (laughs) the game DK. Oh my gosh, man. I don't want to hear
0: that princess Leia was too short because all of them did the bowing down thing and Chewie could have done it as well.
1: Yeah. You know, that th- that's that
0: does I don't buy that. That that'll yeah. be quite enough of that here.
1: Uh that, that's why you can't get started in like the uh comic talk because people always have a strong stance, DK. You just met your match right there. Ivor, there you go. Ray says, Hey
0: Moan, do you think Najee Harris should take Le'Veon Bell's advice and shed a few pounds before next season? Meaning prioritize quickness over the whole bulk thing.
1: I think that's his next phase for me. Really? I do. Le'Veon came in as a bruiser, remember? Yes. He, you remember that. And he and he lost weight. And what did he come be after that? I mean, what did he become after that? More oh, yeah. shifty?
0: He,
1: he, he started being
0: able to slide yeah. through the holes a little bit better, you know? And he was quicker
1: in general. And, and again, the Le'Veon didn't have breakaway speed. Najee doesn't either. So what do you have to do in those moments? You got to find ways to lighten up when it comes to that type of stuff. Now, again, telling the guy about his weight is one thing, but I think coming from Le'Veon, that would be an absolute gem for him to just, and maybe even this too. Le'Veon, show him how you did it. I don't, I mean, if if he's, if Najee's going back to Cali, that's not a bad place to train at. Alex says, hey, Moan,
0: seeing Mason Rudolph stay in the pocket, uh, is that learned by the knockout he took, or the, the, the is that learned by the time seeing Kenny out of the pocket too
1: soon? I think both. I think both. Uh, the hit definitely played a part, I would think, in his decision to stay in the pocket more. And I saw somebody ask that also, is it part of his maturity? I think it's the maturity and also seeing Kenny roll out. Hearing the answer from Deontay, I wish you had it loaded up right now too, DK, when speaking about what it meant for for him, for Mason to be in the pocket. It allows mm-hmm. the offense to flow. It allows everybody to at least run their routes. And if the routes aren't open, that's when you can manipulate the pocket and stuff. Deontay saying that, I think, is probably one of the hottest things that came out of that locker room this week. Here it is again.
0: How much did it mean to you that Mason hung in the pocket the way he did? Uh, a
1: lot. You know, so that he was so poised in the pocket. Uh, that's real big. Be able to just keep your eyes downfield a while got the D-line trying to get in your face or whatever it is, but just little stuff like that, showing that he's not, he's going to stay in the fight a little longer, make his reads, not try to get out so quick, uh, find his guy, you know? he did that, uh, made plays for him, made him look good, he you know? so we're trying to build off that, this one. Man, people wonder
0: if Mason's starting on Sunday, <laughs> I know, right, no, I, this isn't interesting at all,
1: Yeah, it's not, man. And like you said, it it allows the play to develop. If a player is supposed to go to the right and Kenny loves rolling to the left, Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: makes his throw harder. That makes the the, the comeback for the wide receiver harder. It just, it messes up the pocket. You put yourself in harm's way. And we've seen what happened with Kenny, him doing those things. There are moments when you do have to abort. You have to abort at times. But after one and a half seconds, That's not enough time for anybody to get down the field and get their routes or anything at that point in time.
0: They're going to have to block this week, that's for sure. Bruce says, DK, you told me months ago when I said that Heinz Ward is a Hall of Famer. You answered, no, he didn't have the numbers. I still disagree. Well, I wasn't really expressing an opinion, Bruce. I was explaining why Ward isn't in. And he isn't in. And the reason that he isn't in is because of the numbers. Again, that's not an opinion. That's actually what's happening. Uh, Hines was never going to be that guy who had a zillion catches and a zillion yards. Hines is defined still by people as as the blocker, as the guy who really, yeah, redefined the nastiness at that position and 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 made it a Steelers position. Uh, I, I think that either that catches fire with the
1: Hall of Fame selectors, or he doesn't get in. Yeah, and and here's just to give context. I feel like we got to say this when we talk about Steeler players at times, DK, especially the legends, because he is a Super Bowl MVP. But hear this out, though, too. The 2024 class finalists just dropped yesterday. That's 15. Yes. That's going to be dropped down to five. There is currently one, two, three, three wide receivers on this group. I'm going to name the entire list because it's, it's my era. And I think it's super cool, but okay. I don't think Hines get ahead of these three wide receivers. This group is Eric Allen, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, who should be in. Jari Evans, who was my idol while I was playing and watching him as a guard. Man, I hope he gets in. Probably won't because he's a guard. Dwight Freeney, Antonio Gates. I don't even know if Hines get in over Antonio Gates first. The the way the the selection
0: process works, and it's an unusual one in football, is you – kind of stand in line behind people from your own position because there's a maximum of five that can get in, So, which, by the way, gets debated all the time too because why is football limited to five? No other sport limits it. And you have 53 players on the roster and 32 teams. This is a lot of players participating. Uh, But when you see, for example, offensive line, Almost invariably there's an offensive lineman picked. Moan's right that they steer away from guards for the most part. Mm-hmm. They they love their tackles and centers. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you look at recent history, there's a line for offensive line, there's a line for wide receiver, and the line for the wide receiver slot, for anybody who doesn't know this, is the longest of all. Because that's just where the game shifted. That's where all the stats shifted and Hines just wasn't going to be that guy. Now, though I have a much bigger problem, to be honest with you, James Harrison just being discarded right off the bat without even a discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was a, this was a DPOY Super Bowl MVP, uh, not to mention someone who just developed this reputation and earned it as I being... Lo- the guy. Yeah, the guy. He, he became the and face he
1: just- of defense.
0: And Yeah, and you just
1: throw him out before you even get to the next round? Like, what? You're not Crazy. even going to talk about it? Uh, um, DK, just real quick, just to finish it off. The rest of this list is Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, wide receiver, Tory Hurt, Holt, wide receiver, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Fred Taylor, finally, wide receiver, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. It's-
0: I, I, all I know is I'm so happy to see Fred Taylor on there, finally. Jeez. Okay? You have – there. there's – There have not been too many truly great players, the Jacksonville franchise, but the ones that they've had were damn great. Okay. I'm talking about your Keenan McCardell and, you know, and your Mark Brunel and those guys uh, that, that really, really carried that franchise for the better part of a decade. Um, And I, I consider Fred Taylor to be absolutely in that category.
1: Yep. Absolutely, DK, uh, and and Fred deserves it being a running back, did doing what he did. uh But we'll see how it turns out. I, I do hate this too, and I saw some people say, "Yeah, whatever." I love it that way, but I'm the same way as you. How do you trim this list, even this list, without even mm-hmm. James Harrison being you know, down to five? Some people love the fact that the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame gate keeps the way it does. Me personally, the. Like I look at seven of these dudes that deserve to be in at minimum half this list deserves to be in. And like you said, James Harrison not getting a final is not that's a bit much right there. To
0: me at any point in the, in the discussion, if you are considered to be the best player on your side of the football in a given year with how short careers are, you deserve to have serious consideration for the hall. It doesn't mean you're a slam dunk. It doesn't mean you're automatic or you're, you've just qualified. No, but you should be talked about. When you add to that the Super Bowl MVP, the greatest single play in Super Bowl history and not at all one born of luck. Right. He He Even the interception itself, you know the background on it. He read Kurt Warner like a cheap novel. It wasn't a play. Oh, no. <laughs> no, and Warner has talked about it too. Yeah. What are you doing there? You're not supposed to be there. Yeah, the interception yeah. itself is fantastic, but to take it a 100 yards and have all these Cardinals falling all over the field like and, stillers. Out of and stillers and stillers because the
1: and Ike wanted that ball bad, man. Like, give it to me, give it to me. (laughs) James is like, no, turn around and run for me, man. And he had Uh, the score right there, too. He had to finish
0: it. You got to finish it. (laughs) Joe says, hey, DK and Moan, do you think the Seattle secondary will cover Deontay Johnson and George Pickens more, leaving Pat Fryermuth free?
1: You brought this up early in the week. I think Pat understood the assignment last week. He got no targets against the Bengals. He's them this uh, and, and here's what you also think, too. A guy go off for how many yards was it for? Uh, George, 160 something, 200 mm-hmm. yards he went for this past weekend. You know what the team in Seattle is doing? Hey, we got to shut this off right now. He can't eat against us whatsoever. Uh, So that's the case. I expect Deontay and I expect Pat Fryer move to be guys that get multiple targets this game. George might just have to eat it and be satisfied with last week's meal.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to see George. At least the, the Seahawks will make a very hard attempt to try oh, yeah, to take yeah. him out of the game. It doesn't mean that they'll pull it off. It doesn't mean that the Steelers can't script something that gets him open in a different way. However, I I would be a little bit leery of the idea that there will be instantly and magically more touches for Deontay. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Friarmouth, I am convinced we're going to see significant action for him
1: because yeah, i don't know if they have a coverage linebacker that can cover pat that's the issue bobby wagner's good bobby wagner's line is seven yards and in
0: yeah but you want bobby wagner doing something else yeah, yeah exactly know? i mean I, I don't want bobby wagner's look if the steelers have bobby wagner chasing fryer around all day we win that'd be just fine by them yeah you talk talking right you know what i'm saying uh, Dan Klimko says, in boxing, people love the knockout punch, but it's the constant jab that sets up the knockout. Heinz Ward was the constant hard jab in football. That is very fair.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, with he that. was
0: and he he was also one of your better third down wide receivers. Should definitely be part of his uh,
1: let's add more context to it. The guys that make it in the Hall of Fame a wide receiver are mm-hmm. generational guys. Heinz was yes. really, really, really good. Um, but you look at that list of dudes that are in, they owned an era. I don't know if Hans owned
0: an era. Yeah, and that's where we keep coming back to, you know, the Harrison thing where Harrison was. He owned an era. I mean, really? You know, I mean, he did stuff that that rose above football. Yep. Okay. He, he became almost kind of like a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Almost like a caricature of what. What is a nasty defensive player? Yeah, he was the Dick Butkus of his generation where everybody was just, they hear the name and go, ooh, you know, and the imagery and everything. And then even the stuff like, I know this shouldn't count, but like slamming the fan down on the ground in Cleveland and everything, it all just added – To the myth, you see what I'm saying though. The mythology and everything, and yes, Fred Taylor used to. No one around here has to wonder what Fred Taylor did well. (laughs) Those guys were in the division. We forget that now. The the people who who are a little bit younger, that the Jaguars were in this division. Yes. Um, we're going to take a couple more today and see what we got here. You got
1: anything you like there, Bob? Uh, just looking at the two guys right now, of course, I'm doing a little research, looking at Hines and Fred Taylor's stat lines and whatnot. DK, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating, of course. Fred is a running back, only made, I say only, he made one Pro Bowl over 11,000 yards, 11,695 yards, but of course owned an era. He was just stuck in a crazy competition era of running backs when the running back was the premier guy but if you knew who Fred Taylor was you knew Fred was the dude also Hines situation is very unique to me DK because at the wide receiver position you can control a lot when you get the ball in your hands Hines a four time pro bowler two times champ super bowl mvp too but for them at that position you got to be specific too that all pro matters at yeah. wide receiver because yeah. that designates you as the guy you're above yes you're ab- Yeah. Now Mm -hmm. he was second team all pro three times. Second team all pro, which means he still log jam to your point behind the group of wide receivers. And it just sucks that that's the way you you judge those guys. I'm with you, Ray Claudio. Nobody blocked like Hines. What do you get in the Hall of Fame for wide receiver for DK? Uh, catches and yards. Yeah, I mean, don't <laughs>
0: overthink it here. Yeah, And if you're yards. Chris Carter, touchdowns, you know. That's
1: yeah. just how it goes. But the all-pro matters at that position right there.
0: Yeah, Ryan Lytle has a really good question for for you here, Moan. He says, hey, hey Moan, would you implement more screens with Jalen Warren He seems to excel at making something out of nothing, including even when he doesn't have the ball, obviously referring to the big block on Calvin Austin's touchdown here. But how do you feel about screens as it relates to this offensive group?
1: Uh, The way they're going to get rushed this weekend, I definitely think that's a game plan thing. Screening Hmm. is always a game plan thing, too. If I'm offensive line, they get beat a lot. Guess what I'm going to do? Screen game is a part of it. If I know going to Seattle, they're going to pin their ears back. And rush us like like the hairs on fire. Guess what I do to slow them down? I throw screens. If Jalen Warren just so happened to be my guy to do that type of stuff, then so be it. Throw it to him. I'm not out on Najee doing it, but yes, Jalen's good with the ball in his hand. He hardly ever goes back unless there's penetration at the line of scrimmage already for him. So I like that idea, but it also has to be game planned for also. Throwing a screen, those linebackers are smart, and most offensive linemen cannot run linebackers.
0: When we come back, which we will do, we'll wrap it up for the day. We'll wrap this thing on up. We're still trying to manufacture a quarterback thing around here. You know, meaning who's gonna start and there's
1: you know, no, no. I see uh, Nova comes in with one real quick. Sh- Nova, you, you got to get a membership, dog. Like, what dog, or dog, at whichever one. Like, you got, you had some good stuff today. And there were some memberships passed out and you didn't get one somehow. We're, nah, we're Nova, Nova says
0: that he needs a PC or something. Like, I don't know what.
1: Ah, say. okay. All good. All good. Okay. But we'll Nova goes to this quarterback con- conversation, DK. Hey, Moan, do you have more hope now because of Mason at quarterback? Yes and no. And I'm going to address the no first. Uh The no is just on the basis of Mason being able to do what he did one time, twice. Going to Seattle. I don't want to act like this is an easy place to play. It's not. He, he's got it stacked up against him, too. Do I feel better because of what Mason was capable of doing this past week? Yeah, I do. I ain't seen Kenny do that all year. So mm-hmm. it makes me feel better. But I also saw a guy that took the NFL by storm by the name of Joshua Dobbs that got extinguished fast and in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Is that fair, DK?
0: Yes.
1: So I'm yes and no. In three different places. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And, And that's why when we have new starters in the NFL or new hot shots, what do I always say, DK? Do it again or give me three years.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, it, it, this isn't something that he doesn't know. This isn't something that he doesn't right. feel, as you know. I mean, there can't be a quarterback anywhere in the National Football League who's more aware of the fickleness of the opportunities that you're given. Okay, there can't be one. Mason has to be number one in that category. Yeah. But yeah. He, he's got to go out and get it done. He's got to get it done on the road, on the West Coast, with the team's season on the line and all that other stuff. Uh, I I know that I like more than anything else about his performance this past week uh, on and off the field. It's his poise. It's that he's looked like he's belonged. And he looked like he belonged from the very first series, Moan. And I don't see why that wouldn't translate yeah. to Seattle. I don't see why going out
1: there would be, Ooh, Oh no, you know, there's fans yeah. here, you know. I, I don't think that plays a part into your point, though, too, DK. Um, but that crowd's going to be – what up, Dre? That, cl- that crowd's going to be high and intense. They're playing for the exact same thing that our guys are playing for, playoff position. Uh, uh, and I,
0: you're also going to see a lot of Steelers fans there, too.
1: Yeah. They'll come up from San Diego. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, it's That's one of those – when they play in Seattle – and I actually saw this, believe it or not, this past summer when the Pirates were up there. Uh, that there were a lot of Pittsburgh fans that showed up uh for that weekend series with the Mariners up there. Pirates hit seven home runs in the first God. game of that series. Oh. Tied a franchise record. I still can't believe I saw it. I still Man. can't believe I was there to cover that. Seven home runs in a single game from the Pirates. Yeah. Wow. But that was That's the last crazy. that was the last Seattle saw of any Pittsburgh team. This but they, this is uh this is this is a good situation, I think, for Mason. This is what he wants. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Is there some people who eh, about opportunity? This is actually what he's wanted. He's walking into that stadium going, Yes,
1: yes, this is me. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. I want to ask this because I answered it yesterday too from Alex, real quick, DK. Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, Moan, I know where DK stands on the Kenny recent comments, but what you think about not learning anything? How do you take that comment? It was as raw as you get. He could have gave a coach-speak answer, something his PR person what told him said, to yeah. say, uh, but you got a raw answer, and I ain't mad at it. But the same way that I told you guys yesterday, Alex, because if you was listening, like when the team went out and ran for 200, Le'Veon ran for 234 yards, and I wasn't in the starting lineup that day because of injury, I ain't like it. If they'd have asked, if DK would have asked me, I think we might have talked after that game. I got to mm-hmm. get back. It was the big snow game in Buffalo. You don't want to see the guy behind you have a great day. I'll be honest with you. So Kenny told you how he felt. Don't hold that against Kenny either. Because any oh, human actually, being. Actually,
0: I, I stayed the hell away from you after you that did? one. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you knew yes, why. Yes, I knew why. <laughs> uh, I'm not new here.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, But any human being, Alex, in this situation, is happy that the team won, but at that position, man, I'd rather be me.
0: My issue with Kenny's comment isn't the comment in isolation. It's definitely not the question. Believe it or not, it's not the answer. It's his current status as applied to that answer. Okay? If Ben Roethlisberger gives that answer, I got no issue with it. You know why? Because Ben actually didn't learn anything. Ben won't have learned anything. But when you have an 81.4 quarterback rating, when you haven't done a damn thing in the National Football League other than start 18 games and have a handful of fourth-quarter comebacks, I'm sorry, you're not that guy. You're not that guy who can say that. Okay, that, That's when you start, it starts feeling like you've been anointed. And that doesn't help Kenny either. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are things absolutely unequivocally that he learned from watching that game. There's no way that there wasn't. So, you know,
1: there. that number right there is crazy.
0: What do you do? How do you act like <laughs> you're the guy when you have that attached to you? Yeah, I, I think that's it, DK. You won. That's good. I, I mean, I I don't know how else you. It, it's it's so it's not the answer. Like it's not the answer itself, it's who was saying it, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe he will be that guy at some point, and then when he gives that answer, it'll be like, Well, you know what, he's right, that's fair, that is fair. Uh, Chris V puts uh... in the pocket and let it rip. This is this is what this is, should be something he touches on the way out to the field, the combination of those two. So one of the offensive linemen was telling me yesterday at the practice facilities he said the decisiveness stood out even more than standing in the pocket. He knew, he knew where he wanted to go. Knew where he wanted to go, and he didn't wait for the guy to get college open.
1: He hit him when he was NFL open. This is such an episode in itself because mm-hmm. we're telling stories that his teammates said, and they don't even realize that. I ain't going to say they threw him under the bus. No. But they gave an answer as to what he doesn't do. And they don't even realize it. the decisiveness throwing a guy open. I mean, the checking at the line of scrimmage that you told me that he did. So for the people that, <laughs> yeah, DK, you gave a masterclass right there. I I mean,
0: this there. this wood says Mason can read the defense pre-snap. What a concept. These are not things that should be like on your, your uh, smorgasbord list off to the side. This isn't something you're putting in a salad. This is the main course. This is a stake. Yeah. You know, you, so it's it's not about drama or manufacturing drama or whatever. It's just he had a million ways he could have answered that that would have been more within what you would expect to hear from
1: someone with an 81.4 quarterback rating. Even this, that audible you said that he, he had with Miles Boykin. Miles Myles Boykin. And Myles, was it Miles you said had told you, I can still catch the ball?
0: <laughs> you yeah, know? It yeah but that was just at me because i'm always coming over talking to him about special teams plays and stuff and you know i can still i'm still still says wide receiver on my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's great dK you gave a whole that's a whole episode right there
0: it it, it can be accepted my goodness we have other stuff to you
1: know i know go over i know we'll, we'll do that we'll do some of this tomorrow you know yeah, tomorrow's that's, another day it's fast Friday tomorrow no Saturday yeah, game this week either
0: yeah, that's uh wrongism says so we can all agree that the players want Mason. Oh yes. Oh yes. No fair. hesitation on that.
1: The same way in those moments, we wanted Duck over Mason in those moments because Mason wasn't ready. You remember that? That's how it works. Players he, know this stuff. He wasn't ready in those moments. And maybe nope. he is now, DK. We'll see.
0: On top of not being ready, he got kicked backward there a couple of times. It's no, just... he got
1: kicked in the face a face. few times. Yeah, that's right.
0: All right, Ooh. guys, let's do it
1: again tomorrow. We love you guys, too. Uh, by right. the way, I see your tweets. I've gotten emails, DK, about the show, man. You guys are awesome. If you, like Eventually, I may get my old account back, so I'll see all the, uh, the mentions you guys have sent my way at the old account. Appreciate you guys, man. Let's do it again tomorrow. See everybody tomorrow. Woo.